Hello and welcome to Spotlights, the podcast for the Yale Forum on Religion and Ecology. I'm your host, Sam Mickey. And today, I, uh, instead of having a guest on the show, I want to talk about a recent event, a very newsworthy event in the field of religion and ecology, the passing of a great feminist theologian, Rosemary Radford Ruther. Uh, she passed away on May 21st, 2022. And uh, one of the most important feminist theologians and just theologian in general uh, of the recent decades and to some extent of the whole tradition of Christian theology. So uh, this was announced by her longtime colleague and friend, Mary Hunt, uh, who's a co-founder and co-director of WATER, Women's Alliance for Theology, Ethics, and Ritual. And so after um, Mary Hunt announced it, a couple of obituaries followed, and uh, in NPR had one uh, very quickly out. Uh, the National Catholic Reporter also had one. And more tri tributes keep coming in. Uh, New York Times has something out. Uh, Mary Hunt wrote her own tribute, uh, which I'll give a quote from a little bit later. Uh, so I just wanted to say a little bit about who uh, Rosemary Radford Ruther uh, was, what her legacy means, and uh, her you know, kind of impact on my own personal thinking in the world of religion and ecology. Because uh, you know, uh, she's a Catholic theologian in particular, and Catholicism is a tradition that I was brought up in as well. And so I know for Mary Hunt, she sees uh, Rosemary's work really alongside people like Augustine and Thomas Aquinas, uh, really transformative and foundational for what the possibilities for the Catholic faith can mean. So she herself would describe herself as being part of the progressive feminist liberation theology side of Catholicism. Right, Catholicism, it's about a billion people right now. And it's very plural and diverse, and she likes to really celebrate that. And so a lot of her work uh, specifically revolves around uh, sex and gender. So she's got a lot of books and a tremendous amount of articles, uh, well over a dozen uh, books that she wrote. I think the one that's probably most famous or that she, uh, for which she's most well known is uh, Sexism and God Talk from uh, the early 1980s. And I don't know, God talk to me is still one of my favorite definitions of theology, right? Theos, logos, God, speech, talking about God, doing God talk, doing theology. And of course, the whole history of theology um, in the Christian tradition and Abrahamic traditions in general is uh, full of a lot of sexism and patriarchy. I mean, God the Father, right? And yet, that's very same tradition and uh, the diverse strands of those traditions uh, also have resources for combating sexism, for instituting a more egalitarian and just understanding of, of sexuality, gender differences, etc. But in terms of the field of religion and ecology, uh, a couple other books might come to mind. Uh, she co-edited uh, with Dieter Hessel a volume called Christianity and Ecology, which was part of uh, Harvard University Press's a series on religions of the world and ecology. So several books came out in that Harvard University Press series and uh, Christianity ecology, Islam and ecology, Jainism and ecology, Hinduism and ecology, you know, really all the religions of the world, uh, the major religions were represented uh, as well as a volume on indigenous traditions. So tremendous work and very foundational uh, for the forum on religion and ecology. Um, these uh, that book series was based on a conference series at Harvard when the Forum on Religion and Ecology was first getting going at Harvard before it moved to Yale. Uh, so really foundational work. 
Um, and what else? 1994, uh, she wrote Gaia and God, an eco-feminist theology of earth healing. And so not all of her work is explicitly eco-feminist, at least implicitly it really is. There's always some concern for nature, earth, the body. Uh, but in that book in particular, she really explicitly takes up uh, eco-feminism and says how it relates to uh, Christianity, Catholicism more specifically, and uh, really, really great, really influential for me. Uh, I find her books, I don't know, very uh, educational. I always learn a lot. Some books you might be dazzled by interesting theories, but I always feel like along with uh, theories, I learn specific things from the history of, uh, of Christianity and the history of uh, feminism. So that's a fantastic uh, book. Another really good one, uh, Integrating Ecofeminism, Globalization, and World Religions. And this is a good example of the kind of global perspective uh, that she took on things and very much a post-colonial perspective, right? During the colonial era, Eurocentrism, Anglo-American stuff, that's kind of dominating all research and scholarship. But in the last few decades, really, I mean, after the world uh, end of World War II, you start to see the post-colonial turn where more uh, diverse voices from around the world are getting represented. Some theologians are still slow to take up that challenge. Uh, but Ruther was one of the one of the first to be like, oh, no, we have to have a kind of post-colonial liberation theology opening up to a global perspective. And so along those lines, what I like about this book is it's e integrating ecofeminism, globalization and world religions. So she's not just talking about Christianity. So important in our time that whatever tradition uh, you kind of have a home in, you have to have some literacy about what's going on around the world. So if you're a Christian great. You should still know something about Hinduism and Buddhism, indigenous traditions, etc., because we're all sharing the planet together. So it turns out that if you really want to be a good Christian, a kind of pluralistic approach might be important. Uh, so that's a really, really great text. One I've used before in classes and really great responses from students. It's hard to find a book that can talk in a very capacious uh, and open-hearted way about such complicated issues as uh, sexism, destruction of the environment, globalization, post-colonialism. There's a lot. And uh, she introduces it in a way that's very amenable to, to even um, undergraduate students. And then what else? Women and Redemption, A Theological History. Uh, that was in 2012. Again, another really great example of post-colonial liberation theology. And uh, she also has an autobiography I think is worth mentioning. Highly recommend checking this out. It's called My Quests for Hope and Meaning, an autobiography. And that came out in uh, 2013. So really remarkable um, person and uh, all the tributes coming in really testify to that. She wasn't just a great scholar, uh, but was very kind and uh, a very good connector, you could say. Good at uh, working with other people across different fields of study, uh, across different traditions. And uh, so many people I know uh, either that work with feminist theology or that work with the uh, world of religion and ecology. Uh, so many of those people were very, very touched by her. It's one of those things like everybody I know has some connection to some part of her work. So uh, she's a big advocate, for instance, for women's ordination. And that's a very complicated issue in Catholicism. And she's like, I don't always have to agree with the Pope. We're a diverse tradition. And it's okay to hold different kinds of perspectives on these things. So she was a real leader in that. And there's... Um, Still, you know, a 
big issue in the church, obviously. Another big issue uh, that's obviously come to light um, more recently is uh, the question of abortion, pro-life versus pro-choice. And she was very explicit about being pro-choice. Now, that's complicated as a Catholic, because, of course, Catholics are pro-life. And uh, at the same time, you want legal systems to be able to protect women and to protect babies and fetuses. And so how do you do that? Maybe some laws around pro-choice are pretty helpful for that. So uh, she served as a board member for a pro-choice group called Catholics for Choice, which I know to some Catholics is just a contradiction in terms. Uh, so an important voice on, on a very controversial debate. So along with uh, really focusing on uh, global perspectives, focusing on the environmental crisis, she was really in there with the uh, important issues facing women in the church. So this is just my little tribute to her. And you know, it's a very sad kind of event because she's such an important figure in feminism and theology. Uh, but at the same time, as Mary Hunt kind of pointed out in her tribute, uh, she's like, I'm not going to weep for you. And instead, uh, as Mary Hunt puts it, with deepest gratitude for your example, I will work as you did to end the many reasons for weeping in our world. Rest in peace, Rosemary, and rise in justice. So I'll leave it there uh, with those words from Mary Hunt. And I'll make sure to provide some links to some of the pieces I was referring to, including Mary Hunt's tribute and a couple of obituaries. Those will be in the uh, notes for the show. So I hope you enjoyed this short little tribute, and we'll be back next week uh, with some more conversations for you. In the meantime, take care. Be well.